With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, everybody, what's up? Welcome into the Athletics Best on the Board here on Monday, December. 13th we've got a jam-packed 20 or so minutes coming your way we're talking week 15 early lines monday night football best bets and monday's nba slate we start off with football michael beller and andrew dewitt here to take you through as i said week 15 early lines and a quick look at monday night football as well dewitt how'd the weekend treat you my friend Really good. I mean big weekend for just the oh, the, the favorites just great public across weekend. the board i mean just if you love betting favorites, you had a great weekend. Um, <laughs> I had a good, good, uh, good pick on the uh, Army Navy under. Had a lot oh, of that, yeah. so that was good. Um, had the Bucks yesterday. Uh, that was a miracle cover. I shouldn't have won that game, so we'll just throw that one out <laughs> it there. Went from, it went from super comfortable to oh man, what's happening? To miracle cover. It was a whole roller coaster of emotion. That one. Yeah, that was a crazy <laughs> game. I mean. I was actually kind of glad to see the Bills kind of fight back because they've uh-huh. kind of they kind of looked lifeless for a while, yeah. like the last three or four weeks. Like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Like eliminating the Monday Night Football game because mm-hmm. that was just a freak game. But right. I mean, I was I was happy to see the Bills fight back because they kind of needed that for a team perspective. I think. Yeah, totally with you there. It was fun, definitely. And as someone who was on over fifty-two and a half in that game, uh, I was very happy to see them come back and make that happen as well. It was it was a fun weekend, and uh, unless you're our friends over at BetMGM who presents this show here on the Athletic or really any sportsbook operator, it was not a good week for the books with all these favorites winning and covering. I mean, covers were coming through nicely. Uh, if you wanted to do pretty much any money line favorite parlay you could throw together, that came through as a winner this weekend. It was definitely a good weekend for the betting public, and we certainly hope that that continues going forward. Let's get into these Week 15 early lines. to wit. Let's remember that in addition to the Thursday night game, we have two Saturday night games this week as well. Browns, Raiders, and Colts Patriots getting together on Saturday here in Week 15. You're going to get us started right away. Nice, bright, and early. The Thursday night game between the Chiefs and the Chargers should be a fun one. This one in L.A. Chargers are three-and-a-half-point dogs at home against the Chiefs. Maybe no Austin Eckler, although things are sounding decent for him early in the week. What do you like in this one, DeWitt? Uh, this is just a, a bet on the Chiefs kind of finding their groove. Um, in the first yes. matchup, they really struggled against the Chargers' two deep safeties. I think Los Angeles is probably rolled out again, but I think – Patrick Mahomes and the offense has kind of learned to settle into what teams are giving them. Teams are doing a really good job of taking Travis Kelsey away, but yesterday against the Raiders, you know, unfortunately for the Raiders, they decided to stomp on the Chiefs midfield logo, and then they probably got stomped themselves. <laughs> so, but, you know, I think the defensive, the another, other side of the ball is like the Chiefs' defense has just been awesome since they've all gotten healthy. Chris Jones really getting been. pressure. I mean, it's just been really good. I think they've... Three straight weeks, they've only given up nine points to teams, um, and that's impressive for any team, um, regardless of the competition or who you are. And I think 
you know, the Chiefs early in the season when they were turning the ball over, it was a lot of, you know, hitting Tyreek Hill in the hands, hitting Travis Kelsey in the hands, hitting Byron Pringle in the hands, and the ball would pop up and it would be picked off. And they're kind of just shooting themselves. And ever since that, the second half of the Washington game, they've kind of righted themselves in terms of the turnovers. And I think that's going to be a big thing. Legereus Sneed should be back for the Chiefs. He missed last uh, Sunday's game. His brother died, unfortunately, over the weekend. So he missed the game. But I think he'll be a big factor in shutting down the Chargers wide receivers. Plus, we don't know who's going to be back for the Chargers because they have some COVID issues going on in their team. So I just like the Chiefs at minus three and a half. This is a huge game for the Chiefs. They have to win this game. Otherwise, they're going to lose the tiebreaker to the Chargers for the AFC West. So I think it's just a, it's probably the most important game for the Chiefs going forward for the rest of their season because they've kind of already lost their tiebreakers to the Ravens, the Titans, and the Bills already this season. Yeah, you mentioned they've got this tiebreaker with the Chiefs or with the Chargers. The Chargers would have a sweep over the Chiefs if they win this game. So then if it came down to these two teams being tied, it would be the Chargers as AFC West champs. And then with the Patriots looking at that very tough game against the Colts on Saturday night, more on that in just a second, this could be a game that puts the Chiefs back in first place in the AFC and back in line for the lone bye on the AFC side of the playoff bracket. So definitely a huge, huge game for the Chiefs. You mentioned the three straight games with nine points allowed. You have to go all the way back to the World Series still being played before you find a time that the Chiefs gave up more than 17 points over their last six games they've surrendered 17 7 14 9 9 9 this has been an incredibly uh, impressive showing from the Chiefs defense over their last six games and so I think that uh, you know this says stay away from me personally with these two teams getting together but I think your logic certainly is well placed in what we've seen from the Chiefs defensively and maybe just maybe what we saw from them offensively back in this past week against the Raiders. I will say, though, DeWitt, the two good offensive performances they've had in that time, both of those came against the Raiders. So it would be nice to see them get things going against a non-Raiders defense. Perhaps that happens for them on Thursday night against the Chargers. For my first pick, let's go all the way ahead to Sunday and find Bengals and Broncos, where the Bengals are one-and-a-half-point underdogs in Cincinnati. I like the Bengals in this game, DeWitt. This feels like a tiny bit of an overreaction to what we saw from both of these teams in Week 14. The Broncos do exactly what they should do, take care of business, dominate the Lions from start to finish. You can't, like, say, oh, yeah, it was only the Lions. Like, you can't fault them. That's who's on their schedule. But it was only the Lions. So let's not overreact to that one too much. Huge games on a Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams in that one. The Bengals, meanwhile, really impressive second half out of this team. You know, they're down 20-6 to in the second half against the 49ers. They could have easily folded and gone away. They scored 14 straight points, and they forced overtime. And I would have loved to have seen what that game looks like without the late first half muffed punt, then the relatively weak taunting call that led to a 49ers touchdown. I think that game looks a whole lot different if just one of those two things goes different. If you don't muff the punt, we're talking about the 49 or the Bengals, excuse me, taking over at about their own 40 with like a minute and a half left in the first half, down 10 to 6 at that point. And they're going the other way with it and maybe taking a lead, maybe at least getting a field goal. If you take away the taunting penalty, then they just give up a field goal almost certainly. It was a fourth down. Uh, before the taunting penalty. So you're talking about giving up a field goal at worst and maybe also still having a little bit of time to get into field goal range yourself. That game really swung 
on those couple of plays right at the end of the first half. And then you still saw the Bengals fight their way back against a good quality San Francisco opponent and force overtime. So it's it's a loss for the Bengals. It obviously goes down as a loss. It goes down as a loss for those of us like myself who bet on the Bengals plus two in that game. But it was still a relatively impressive performance from the Bengals, especially being down where they were to rally back and force overtime in that one. I think they're just a better team than the Broncos. And as you and I have talked about many times on this show, home field has really just evaporated in the NFL this season. So I don't really put too much stock into that. Give me the better team getting a point and a half. That's what I've got in this one. Yeah, then the Broncos, they've made their their feasted on beating the really bad teams this yeah. season. The Giants, they beat the Jaguars, they beat the Lions. It's like, when are the Broncos going to like have that marquee victory? And I don't think they've had it yet, and I don't think they're going to get it against the Bengals either. I There's one game I looked at too when we were talking about our picks earlier today that – kind of stood out. And when I was kind of typing up the, the opening lines last night on BetMGM, mm-hmm. it kind of was like a head scratcher for me. Like, why are the Bengals, you know, underdogs on the road? It should be probably closer to a pick them probably. But I, I really do like the Bengals in this spot because now they're kind of fighting for their AFC North lives too because, you know, Ravens, you know, Lamar Jackson might miss a couple of weeks. You know, it yep. looks like it was a big severe ankle injury for him if he didn't even try and come back. So um, I think there's a big opportunity for the Bengals, and I think that team realizes it. Although Zach Taylor kind of needs to be a little more risky with his decision making and <laughs> probably maybe cost his team the game yesterday. So, Ooh, man, there were some bad, bad coaching decisions in week 14. This was not a banner week for coaches making what felt like relatively easy decisions. Hello, Matt Nagy punting on fourth and inches down by 11 points in the fourth quarter. But that's never a different topic for a different show. Let's get on to our second picks here. Uh, you're going to Saturday night, Colts and Patriots, a game we referenced a little earlier. Colts two-point favorites in this game at home against the Patriots. I'll be honest to it. When I was looking for my picks on this show, I just sort of scanned right past the Saturday games. I would have been on this one too had uh, had I seen it because I, I love the Colts minus two in this spot. Yeah, I love the Colts' run defense, particularly against the Patriots. We know what the Patriots are going to try and do. They're going to try and run the ball control the clock, not give the Colts offense any opportunity to score. You know, just one of those Bill Belichick games, like here's how we're going to win. They're completely bought in on that. I mean, I think the Colts defense and their run defense is good enough to force Mac Jones into some third and long situations where he's going to be forced to throw the ball. And he's going to be forced to look at the tight ends. He's going to be forced to say, hey, where can I make some plays? Like Jacoby Myers, he can be open, stuff like that. It's like no team has really forced the Patriots in this win streak to force Mac Jones to like – win the game. And that's going to be the key is that I think the Colts will be able to force Mac Jones into some mistakes. And I think that's how the Colts will win the game, you know, forcing an interception late in the, you know, in the third quarter, you know, makes the difference up or something like that. I just really see the Patriots. um, You know, I think the Colts offense is good enough to run the ball against the Patriots defense too. And I think that's the key differentiator here is that the Mm Colts, the Colts offense and the running game will be better than the the Patriots run game. And then forcing the, the Patriots, offense and and specifically Mac Jones to try and show that he can win a game with his arm, which I'm not sure he can do right now. I think the Colts can just pretty simply be better at the Patriots game than the Patriots are in this one. And that's really what it comes down to the Colts. Like that's the way the Patriots want to play, as you said, and it's a way that has had a lot of success for them, right? This, we're talking about a team that has won seven straight games now to get to nine and four in the top overall spot in the AFC. And they've done it largely by running the ball effectively, playing really good defense and picking their spots with Mac Jones. The Colts can do that just as well, if not better. I mean, is Carson Wentz better than Mac Jones? Is Jonathan Taylor better than what the uh, New England Patriots backs have to offer? Maybe the Patriots, 
Patriots defense is a little bit better, but I just think the Colts can do what the Patriots want to do better than what the Patriots want to do. And unlike any other team that they've played in this winning streak, with the possible exception of the Cleveland Browns, the Colts are perfectly happy playing a game like that also. That's been untrue of every other team that the Patriots have played on this seven-game winning streak. So I'm with you. Think this is a fun game. Think this is a close game, but think it's one that the Colts do end up covering by more than two points. I'm also looking at a two-point spread for my second pick to wit. Steelers and Titans. Steelers getting two at home. I am not a Steelers guy. I bet on them before the season to finish in last place in the AFC North. I am still holding that ticket. I am still holding that ticket confidently with what we see in that division right now. But why should the Tennessee Titans be favored on the road against anybody maybe other than a team like the Jaguars or a team like the Jets because they have looked atrocious offensively since losing Derrick Henry and then even worse since losing A.J. Brown. Like, we're all focused on the Jaguars and what a mess that team is and Urban Meyer making a clown out of himself yet again in that game against the Titans. But the Titans didn't look good. I mean, that was a bad offensive performance top to bottom, really. They didn't do much of anything. Their defense just controlled an offense and a team that basically has quit and basically is ready just to pack it in, get that coach out of there, and start fresh in 2022. But go and look at what they put. I mean, go watch parts of the game. Go look at the stats in that game. This offense looked bad. Once again, and they still don't really have an offensive identity. Their offensive identity right now, DeWitt, is let's just grind our way through the end of the regular season, stay a couple of games ahead of the Colts, win the division, and then get Derek and AJ back for the playoffs. That's their offensive identity. And that is not a team that should be favored by two on the road against a Pittsburgh team that has shown us some signs of life over the last month with that game against the Chargers, with that comeback against the Vikings. Like This is a team that has some things going for it right now. And I just don't see what the Titans have done to be two-point road favorites against any team with some life like Pittsburgh. I mean, we'll give, like you said, the Jaguars have quit. I'll say this about the Steelers. Their offense isn't great. Big Ben isn't great. But that team fights. They could have mm-hmm. easily checked out of that Thursday night football game. Easily. Yeah. 29 like that game was, it was over. And you're yes. like, oh, I, I mean, I clicked. I went, see ya. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll catch the highlights if they come back. But, I mean, the Steelers fight. And I think that's a good point is that this team's going to continue to fight and the Titans' offense isn't great, so I, I I think there's good value. Should probably be closer to a pick'em, or you know maybe a, it's probably a pick'em. Honestly, like mm-hmm. if if you were playing on a neutral field, you know it's I mean it should be pick'em in this game. Like yeah. I don't see why the Titans are two point favorites against the Steelers. Just just my opinion, and and I mean we'll see how it plays out. Obviously, but I I really do like the Steelers pick here. One more topic here, DeWitt. Let's talk Monday Night Football. Should be a really fun game. Cardinals and Rams getting together tonight to close out Week 14. We've got the uh, Cardinals as small favorites in this one. Two and a half point favorites. A total of 51. Give us your one favorite play for Monday Night Football tonight. Total dart throw. But these first TD picks are a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So I'll go Zach Ertz at 16-1 to to get the first touchdown. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of points. Obviously, it's going to be a coin toss. Maybe who gets the ball first or who gets two of the first three possessions, who gets uh-huh. the touchdown. <laughs> but I really I really do like Zach Ertz because I think the Rams defensive line is going to try and control Kyler Murray and how much he can run, specifically like inside the 15, 10-yard line where he loves to do those mm-hmm. inner rounds and get into the end zone so easily. So I really think he's going to have to look to Ertz inside the red zone to get the first touchdown. So that's why I like Zach Ertz at 16-1 to to get the first touchdown. 
Yeah, I'll probably tickle a little bit of Kyler Murray first touchdown. Love those running quarterbacks for first touchdown bets, and that's probably something I'll do a little bit of tonight. But uh, you said it. This is probably going to be a high-scoring game. I know these two teams have a lot of dogs on defense, a lot of guys who can really get after it and playmakers, and I think that there could be some big defensive plays in this game. But you look at what these two teams both have to offer on the offensive side of the ball, and and I find it hard to believe that it's going to be any sort of shutdown uh, thing in this game. So over 51 is my favorite play for this game. I think it's a fun game. And as I've mentioned multiple times on this show, Kyler Murray is an over machine with what he does with how quickly Arizona scores and what that offers back to the offense on the other side. Just go look back at the history that Kyler Murray has put together. The totals that games start off at with him involved and then how often those games go over. The guy is the most reliable over player in the NFL right now. And so I like this one to get over the 51 that we've got on it at BetMGM. That's going to wrap up the NFL segment, the NFL portion of this episode of Best on the Board. DeWitt, good luck tonight, man. Thanks for being with us. All right, have a good one. All right, NBA time and Christmas time. I love it. <laughs> I love the background, Tass. Looking good there. Tass Mellis from No Dunks joining us on Best on the Board. And I love the festive feeling, man. It, look, it looks great. Tis the season, Michael. Yes. Why not just jump head? I mean, we have had our Christmas tree up at our house since... Mid-November, I got to be honest. <laughs> yeah, the pre-Thanksgiving Christmas tree Pre-Thanksgiving. <laughs> My wife, Danielle, always asking me, get it up, let's get it up, let's get it up. And I have to put it off until like mid-November. That yeah. was a win for me this year. <laughs> that is great. We got ours up like, you know, more more standard Saturday or Sunday. I can't remember which day, but that weekend after Thanksgiving. <laughs> And so, uh, yeah, it's pretty sad. So it's up out there somewhere. I've got, you know, all this other dorky stuff behind me. But uh, tis the season indeed for all this festiveness. And tis the season to be gambling on some NBA. We've got three picks for you here to wrap up this episode of Best on the Board. Tass, both of us have had some success in recent weeks going with props on big time, big name stud players. And that's where we're going to start off our NBA pick segment. Joel Embiid, the guy who is in your crosshairs. What do you got for us on Joel? Pick good players to have good games, Michael. I think that's what, yeah. that's what we good said strategy. a couple. Yeah, it is a great strategy. <laughs> and I think Joel Embiid is kind of due. I know that sounds like a, a dumb thing to say, but I like him against Steven Adams tonight and a very bad Memphis Grizzlies defense because Steven Adams is going to guard him one-on-one. That's going to happen. And I like when that happens for Joel Embiid because he doesn't have to deal with double teams. That's when his numbers, you know, tend to drop off. He just came off a a game where he had to play the Golden State Warriors, an incredible defense. He's Mm -hmm. had 19 and 26, respectively, in his last two games. Uh, But, 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 but in his eight games since he's returned from health and safety protocols, he's had a couple 40-point games and a 30-point game. So I think he breaks through that 25-and-a-half-point mark uh, that the prop betters have a sign for him. And I think this is kind of serious season for Joel Embiid. After the health and safety protocols, he came back. He tried to to right the ship with the Philadelphia 76ers here after a slow start for, for him specifically. He was runner-up in MVP voting last year. And I just don't think he's... Uh, he, he he hasn't played to his capabilities for a lot of the season, but since coming back from that health and safety protocols against some monstrous lines and against Steven Adams and a lot of ISO coverage tonight, I think he'll get back up over that 25 and a half. 
Hey, you like that logic for sure with uh, with the matchup with Steven Adams. It's just going up against a bad overmatched team in Memphis. It definitely feels like a good spot for Embiid. And you talk about the recent games uh, going up against Golden State, for example. I actually had your voice ringing in my ear. I was looking at some Malcolm Brogdon props for tonight because he's been a guy who's been just sort of doing his Malcolm Brogdon thing, right? Game in, game out. But that Golden State defense, definitely a scary one to go up against regardless of who the player that we're talking about is. So I'm going back to old reliable. For my one play here today, let's get to Trey Young. Over 37.5 points plus assists. This is a number that he has blown past in many recent games. Trey Young on a little bit of a heater. Let's take you back over the last, uh, I don't know, maybe 10 days, two weeks or so. 31 and 10, 29 and 11, 25 and 15, 25 and 10. The one time he came up short of that, short of it by literally one. 33 and 10, 33 and 7, 31 and 10, 31 and 11, 30 and 6. The guy is a machine right now. And this game that Atlanta's got tonight against Houston, 226 and a half. The total on this game, by far the highest total on the board for any NBA game on Monday's nine-game slate. There should be points in this one, and I love that environment. An overmatched Houston team, Trey Young on a heater, a game where we're expecting a lot of points. I think Trey gets it going. I guess if I had one concern, Tess, it would be the fact that Atlanta's favored by nine and a half. Maybe they've got this game well in hand early in the fourth quarter, and they get Trey a little bit of rest. But chances are, if they do have it that well in hand, he's done a lot of the work to get it there. So give me the over on Trey Young's uh, points plus assists of 37 and a half. Yeah, I think a couple points are in your favor. The Hawks and the fact that they're a favorite nine and a half or 10 points. I, I don't think they actually should be a nine and a half or 10 point favorite. I know the Rockets record would lead you to believe that the Hawks should be a big favorite because they're eight and 18, but the Rockets have been playing a lot better recently gone on a a huge win streak themselves. So I think this will be a fairly close game, even though uh, the record would lead you, lead you to believe that they uh, should be an easy matchup for the Hawks. So I think uh, Trey Young will play into the fourth quarter. And the fact that Trey Young uh, gets to go up against a, a Rockets defense that uh, is just not the Brooklyn Nets defense that he just played uh, in Atlanta, where they were switching everything and were able to uh, overcome the Hawks late in that game. I think the Hawks are just, they're a hungry team. And I think they want to bounce back after that Brooklyn Nets loss. And uh, I, I, I think Trey Young can... Uh, can do that against a really young Rockets team. The Rockets defense is not the Nets defense. I know the Nets are not really known for uh, the defensive side of the ball, but they've had an incredible start to the season. They were switching everything against Atlanta, and that mm-hmm. that kind of slowed down Trey Young. But uh, against this Rockets team, he'll be fine. All right, dude, let's get to one last pick. One last play for this episode of Best on the Board. We're going to get out of prop land and go just to a traditional straight-up against-the-spread bet. Raptors, four-and-a-half-point favorites at home tonight against the Sacramento Kings. Give us your reasoning for backing the home favorite, Toronto yeah, Raptors. I'm going, I'm going north of the border here. I, I wanted to go with a couple props, Michael, uh, but after I saw this line, I could not shy away <laughs> from taking Toronto against Sacramento only four and a half points. The Kings were absolutely destroyed on Saturday night. The Cleveland Cavaliers had an 81-point first half against the Kings. I wondered if Sacramento was going to come out of the locker room and even play the third and fourth quarter. Now, they fought back. It was a, a quote-unquote respectable loss at the end of that game. But this is their third game of a three-game trip. The Kings are not a good basketball team. I don't expect them to get better as this trip goes on. Now, the line at only four and a half uh, would lead you to believe these teams are sort of evenly matched, and the Raps do not have a good record this season. They're 12 and 14. 
only two win streaks this year, but one of them was last week. And they're coming off a good win against the Knicks. And I expect them to have their third win streak after tonight because I think their length will bother De'Aaron Fox and discourage him from coming inside. They beat Sacramento with that length by 19 earlier this season. Uh, And the Raps are just playing far better ball uh, in the last week and a half or so than their record would lead you to believe. While the Kings, again, shellacked, annihilated, obliterated by (laughs) the, the Cavs on Saturday night. Teams that go on long road trips here through the holiday season, they want to get home to see their own Mm -hmm. Christmas trees. I think they just want to get home, Michael. I think this is going to be a a blowout in Toronto. I think Toronto should take care of Sacramento. This was actually a game that I was looking at as well, not for the side or the total, but actually for a prop. I love that we've been seeing a little bit more of Chris Boucher for uh, Toronto with the injuries that they've had in their front line. So I'm going to throw three props at you. Tell me which one you like best. We got either uh, his points prop is sitting at 13 and a half. It's minus 115. His rebounds prop seven and a half minus 120. And then his points plus rebounds is 21 and a half. And you get that down at minus 110. If you were going to play the over for one of those again, 13 and a half points, seven and a half rebounds or 21 and a half combined which one do you like best wow you throw all those three i mean they're all sort of in the same category to uh-huh. me D- does boucher play enough minutes that's that's mm-hmm. the question that hang overhangs all of them 13 and a half it seems like a lot. I, i'm staying away michael i'm staying <laughs> away uh if if there's he is a scorer um so i, I would pick if i had to pick one i'd pick the uh-huh. point total but uh i'm i'm scared what are his point totals those last several games uh, i mean yeah, he had he had 14 and 8 right their last game i know that for sure i'm pretty oh, sure that's don't, right don't up. do it michael don't uh, do it <laughs> <laughs> let's look it up let's look it up really quick before we cuz he will uh, you know the injuries are still there right in the yes, front line yes so. they are they are but nick nurse has been hesitant to to throw uh-huh. him out there so let's see. Uh, yeah, fourteen and eight in uh, that that game against the Knicks that you referenced. He had eleven and seven against OKC the game before that. Fourteen and six against Washington the game before that, and that's really the first time that Washington game mm-hmm. played eighteen minutes. That's the first time in about three weeks that he's played anything above you know ten eleven minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I would play the over. <laughs> Hesitantly, obviously, yeah. um, but either one, the points and the points and the rebounds. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not a big uh, solo rebound betting guy. Yeah, you know, you too many things know. can go wrong, especially yeah. when you're we're talking about potentially being capped at like 20 or 21 minutes in this game tonight. But just someone who is uh, who's certainly on my radar with the additional That's minutes that he's been getting over these last couple of games for the Raptors. That's going to do it. That's going to wrap things up here for this episode of Best on the Board. For Tass Mellis, Andrew DeWitt, I am Michael Beller. Thanks so much for listening to us. Thanks for joining us on YouTube, those of you who did. As always, we wish you good luck tonight and happy betting. We'll talk to you soon.